0: Hello and welcome to week 10 of Star Trek Sundays. Today we're going to be discussing Who Are Q? Part 1. I'm Victoria and with me is my co-host T. Star Trek Sundays is a passion project for T and me through which we and our guest crew examine the philosophical themes presented in Star Trek every Sunday at 10am PST on Clubhouse. At the top of the room, we've pinned our website, StarTrekSundays.com. There you'll find my captain's log, a brief summary of the show each week, as well as our upcoming missions, which list future topics and the episodes covering the topics, including today's if you want to follow along. Our YouTube channel and other social media channels are linked at the top of the website should you want to listen to some of the previous shows. And you can now find Star Trek Sundays on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and from anywhere else you get your podcasts. Uh, Please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. It will help us reach others who will enjoy the show. We'll bring up speakers to the stage to discuss the shows after I put a few questions to tea. But first... Thank you T for curating a great selection for us to watch this last week. It was a perfect trio as if it was meant to be a box set. I can't believe it. And I so enjoyed the watch party yesterday. That was a gas. It was was really good watching with everybody and watching it all the episodes in a row. So um, I really appreciate your effort that you've put into all of these uh, curated weeks. So tell me today what inspired the topic and the episodes you suggested as the watch list for this last week.
1: Yes. And special, especially props to Steve in the audience here for that watch party. It was absolutely so much fun watching that with everyone. And thank you, Victoria. Um, Q is an extra dimensional being of unknown origin who possesses immeasurable power over time, space, and the laws of physics reality itself, and is capable of altering it to his whim. So despite his vast knowledge and experience spanning untold eons, and much to the exasperation of the objects of his obsession, he is not above practical jokes for his own personal amusement. Uh, for a Machiavellian or manipulative purpose, or just to prove a point. He's said to be almost omnipotent, and he's continually evasive regarding his true motivations, but he has a special spot in in his heart for humans, and for Picard in particular. He's part foil, part friend, he's always fascinating, and he's one of my favorite characters of the show. So let's spend some time answering the question, Who are
0: Q? (laughs) Thanks, T. I love Q. I always have loved Q, and I mentioned it last week that I find him just attractive in many ways. Um, But I also find it really funny, and we'll get to that, because I I find the episodes with Q have a little, little bit more humor and tickle me somewhat. So this is Star Trek Sundays on Clubhouse, and the topic today is Who are Q? We'll be bringing people up to the stage to share your thoughts shortly. So, T, let's start with Encounter at Far Point. Can you provide a summary of the episode to remind those who didn't get a chance to review it what it was about? And then I've got a couple of questions for you.
1: Yeah, um, definitely a, in my opinion, a, a fairly unique episode. It was the uh, first episode. Of Star Trek The Next Generation, Episode 1 and 2, which first aired on the 28th of September in 1987. So in this series premiere, Captain John Luke Picard led his crew and of the USS Enterprise D on its maiden voyage to examine a new planetary station for trade with the Federation. But on the way, they encounter Q. An omnipotent extra-dimensional being who challenges humanity as a barbaric, inferior species. Picard and his crew must hold off Q's challenge and solve the puzzle of Farpoint Station on Deneb 4 as a base that is at a base that is far more than it seems to be. And I chose this episode because it is the first introduction of Q. And it gives us a great idea of the power of him and what he's ultimately capable of. He's a crafty, Shakespeare-loving, obnoxious uncle with more power than he should rightly have.
0: Oh, rightly have. That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I'll have to think about that. (laughs) I didn't expect you to say that. Um... So the accusation that humans were savage creatures that that Q made in this inaugural episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, um, I thought it was a perfect setup for the rest of the series because it it was a topic that was revisited again and again, and I suspect we'll probably do the same. How could we not? Um, We may or may not be savages, but we do love examining ourselves. Uh, Yet I found some of what Picard said still quite arrogant (laughs) it was it was funny because I was a little put off by it as if he thought he already knew everything there was to know about humans all humans and uh, when he said we have no fear what the facts about us will reveal uh you know I wondered could we ever get to a point where we don't kill each other where we actually have no fear because at this moment uh I don't think we're there at all Uh, That's just my point on it, but Picard's uh, comment leads, this this comment Picard uh, made, uh, leads Q to put the crew of the Enterprise on trial, as you said, for crimes of humanity and challenges them to prove humans are not barbaric and a savage race. And so my question to you and then to the the, the crew that comes up, is if you were the judge, would you find humanity guilty of savagery, or do you think that we can eventually rise above the fighting?
1: It's an interesting question, because it was very much the question that was put to, or, or the challenge that was put to Picard to to demonstrate that they had, you know, risen above their, their sort of primal needs. Um, I'd like to think of myself as an optimist. I'd like to say that you know we we will we'll figure this out we'll, we'll get there uh through the tools that we develop through the technology that we create through the um communication that we eventually establish and 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 trust that we build with each other um we'll get there but i fear that not everyone you know that that the future will not be evenly distributed it won't be everyone who gets there. It'll be one of those things where you, you'll there'll be some savagery in the process of getting rid of the savagery. And that's unfortunate, but I think it's just the nature. So I kind of see like, you know, is the glass half empty? Is the glass half full? I'm kind of taking the engineering approach where I'm saying, well, it's 50% of optimal capacity. I think humans are deeply, you know, sort of committed to their savagery. But it only seems to show itself when we're looking at the group as a whole, because I think individuals are smart, whereas, you know, people are dumb, panicky, uh, dumb, panicky crowds. It's just one of the things. So maybe one day we'll get there. But if you were to ask me to say, you know, are humans ready to lose the title of savages and and barbarians and, uh, you know, of doing things that are absolutely inexcusable? my answer would be no they're guilty
0: yeah same same it's um yeah it's it's funny as as i'm just gonna invite a few people up here now and um as as you were talking i i thought to myself i just i just don't know if we can ever get there like what is You know, what will it take? I think we asked that last episode too. Um, You know, is it just, can we just choose not to kill today? (laughs) Was the the question last week, right? So, um, so welcome to the stage, Steve and uh, Shatterhouse. Shatterhouse, what do you, uh, and Sin, thank you for coming up. let's go to Shatterhouse first because you're not often on the stage. So uh, I'd like to put this question out to, to everybody. So if you were the judge, if you were in Q's position, would you find humanity guilty of savagery? Or do you think that we can eventually rise above the fighting?
2: Are those two things mutually exclusive?
0: You know, what's funny is as I just read that, I thought, wait a second, we can be savagery now and and then move above it. But yeah, it's just a prompt. You can answer it however you like.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I think that uh, kind of the history of humanity is um, basically um, becoming less and less uh, terrible. I mean, still terrible, but less less so, I guess. So... um, and uh, so I guess, uh, you know, in that way, we're already kind of in the process of rising above whether we uh, ever, you know, meet uh, or exceed the sort of criteria that an omnipotent space god would uh, kind of think is uh, worthwhile. I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure if humanity is capable of that, but uh, well, I mean, it's possible, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I I appreciate that. the The possibility is there. I guess I just wondered... Sometimes the um, the the date of when Star Trek is taking place, even though it's hundreds of years in the future, it still feels like it's going. It's it's close to us. You know, we still talk about what's happened. Uh, you know, two hundred, three hundred years ago, and it feels like yesterday. It feels like it. We haven't moved far from there. So, um, and yet, Star Trek they they always talk about this current time as if it's way in the past. And I just don't think it will be. So maybe 800 years in the future, um, two, three, 400, I'm, I'm not quite sure. There'd have to be some really big changes, I think. And I just thought of a, a big change that would happen. So maybe we'll have to um, talk about that in a, another episode. Steve, thanks for coming to the stage. And thank you so much for that uh, watch party yesterday, for organizing that. Um, we'll talk more about that closer to the um Uh, end of the show uh, for next week if you've got anything planned for us Um, but what do you think of the question do you think that we're savages now do you think we'll always be savages will we rise above fighting
3: well thanks for that um i i i kind of take it to like it's really a question that ought to be asked on an individual case by case rather than as humanity as a whole because we have plenty of, uh, you know, giants whose shoulders we stand upon and do awesome things. And then we have a lot of people who are savages. If I were Q, rather than being like, I'm some sort of a, of a 34-year-old living in his mother's basement playing with his action figures, I would be trying to help humanity refine from where they're at, regardless of where they're at, um, and oh, be more oh. of a
0: guide. Okay, that's... That's great, because that's going to lead us into some of the questions later. So hold that thought. Yeah, hold that I'll thought. End it there. I don't want to get too, too ahead of it, because uh, I think you know where we're going with some of this, um, because we were in the chat yesterday during the watch party. Before I move on to the rest of the crew, T, did you have any uh, responses for Steve or Shatterhouse?
1: No, no. Uh, I think it, the, they are correct in that it does... Uh, required that individual approach. But I mean, I just, I think the prompt here was that Q was putting Picard on trial for all of humanity. And I mean, we can certainly discuss the ramifications of that. Like, you know, should should a future generation be, you know, held held accountable for the sins of the, of the past, right? And that's another, absolutely, I think, pot, potentially another prompt for another episode. So I think we can definitely dive deep into that at another time.
0: Kind of seems rather
2: savage sure, of, Q, uh, of Q, I would say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Savage of Q. Um, well, we'll we'll get deeper into analyzing Q in in this uh, room as well as future episodes as well. But t that that whole holding people accountable for past for the deeds of humans in the past, I think that goes to something that was brought up in one of the the previous. Uh, shows that we did about colonialism, uh, and we didn't do it about colonialism, but it's on our on our list for next season. So I think those two sort of lead into each other. And uh, I suspect that that's sort of what the writers were hinting at, right? Um, yeah,
1: and, and season two keeps getting bigger and, and and more awesome every time that we sort of revisit our plans for it, because all of these ideas keep on building into you know, what it is we want to bring to you for season two. So this is exciting
0: absolutely um we have a great stage today lots of regulars uh sin is new to uh star trek sundays just ran into him on clubhouse a couple of days ago so welcome sin uh i'm gonna put the question to you and then uh and then perhaps i mean this is a question that is going to be a thread throughout the entire episode today so anybody who's wanting to answer this directly we can put it into uh sort Weave it into the rest of the episode, so uh you'll you'll be able to answer it but sin I'll put the question to you if you were the judge, would you find humility humanity guilty of savagery, and instead of the or I'll say, and do you think we can eventually rise above the fighting?
2: I think humanity is going in a rough direction in general, and I think like shows like this. important I mean when I was a young kid before I was in a trek I was not in a trick. very much so to where like I thought it was lame or whatever I was I was the Star Wars kid you know and then like I forgot what it was that originally like made me like start to like well I hit puberty and (laughs) started to appreciate things that had more science behind them and more logic and reason and like then I started to really gain an appreciation for the show and then I started to get into the show and I loved the Q episodes, because like that guy, that character is like, kind of like, it's like they're f- fucking teasing Picard and like throwing in his face, um, what whatever it is that he like loves about humanity in a way, you know, like to kind of show you like how, how pathetic you are and like you, you love these these imperfections, but really makes you these disgusting creatures. And it's like, I don't think it's bleak. I think we have a chance to be... Because right now the direction we're going, it looks pretty bad. But, like, I just think of things like how I felt after... I'll just leave it there. I think that's an interesting
1: point, is that um, it's important to remember that Q loves humans and he loves Picard. And so what he was doing here wasn't actually shaming him... He was showing him why he loved him. He was showing him, you know, because you can rise above that. Because you can, you know, because you can be better than you have in the past, and you're going to show me that. And in that, in in doing so, you will show yourself how you are better. So, in a lot of ways, I feel like you know, Q was teaching Picard a lesson about himself absolutely
4: q is not the god we want but he's the
1: god we need
0: Ooh. oh ryan <laughs> very good um more fighting words uh, yeah yeah <laughs> if we're gonna uh, it, during the popcorn section of uh this episode which happens after the 90 minute mark we'll um We'll put Ryan versus Steve on that. Let's move on because like I said, this whole idea of who are Q and the powers and the omnipotence and the way they play, or at least this, this Q plays with the humans. It all kind of weaves into questions that I want to put out to everybody. T, why don't we move on to Hyde and Q? And if you can give us a summary of that episode, uh, then I've got some questions for you as well.
1: Definitely. Hide in Q, The Next Generation, Uh, season one, episode 10, first aired November 23rd, 1987. So this is just 10 episodes later. And in this episode, Q returns to the Enterprise and tests Commander Riker by giving him the power of Q. Now, I chose this episode because it was basically a direct sequel to the encounter at Farpoint, with the opening scene literally referencing the recent events of the trial and it really shows Q in a more fatherly role as he tries to help Riker understand the nature of the choice that he has to make.
0: Thank you. Yeah, this was a great follow-up episode to your collection. (laughs) This was so well curated Um, and again it was such a pleasure to watch everything with with you guys. Um, This episode brought up a few questions for me like what exactly is human the human equation at the end of the episode the crew returns to the enterprise as if no time has passed and data asks picard how q can handle space and time so well yet their interactions with humans is terrible. Picard answers that they, the crew, may one day learn that space and time are easier to handle than the human equation. I wanted to put that out there for contemplation and and maybe we'll get back to it. I suspect that the human equation may take us an entire show to cover. So I'm gonna bookmark it there and move on to perhaps an easier question. And that is at one point, Riker states, no one has ever offered to turn me into a god before he's then granted the power of q and challenged not to use it if you were given the powers of q but forced not to use those powers would you be able to resist the temptation so that's over to t and then i'll uh, and then i'll put it to some of the other people who haven't uh, answered questions yet
1: i'm gonna have to think about that no Mm-mm. Not, not even, not even like for a little bit, just forget about it. I'm the wrong guy to ask. I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them a lot. I'm going to do i I'm there's no way that I could possibly be, be set up in that way and then turn around and resist that because I would simply use my powers to make it so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in a situation where I needed to resist it. And that's what I would do. So yeah, the wrong guy to ask if you want Riker Riker seemed to pull it off, but no, don't put me in that position.
0: <laughs> that's um that's funny. That's uh that's hacking the system. Christy, are you able to answer the question? Well, I mean, I I guess so. <laughs> what's the point? What's the point of giving you powers and then saying oh you can't use them? I just yeah,
2: no. <laughs> that's my answer.
0: Oh yeah, very good point though. That's that's a good point. So T, why was he given the powers and then told not to to use them? What's the what's the point of that?
1: I think he was being tested. And I mean it, it's interesting because I think the test can go two ways, right? Um, on, on one hand, are you are you capable of, you know, resisting? Are you capable of, you know, learning the lesson? And that was sort of like you know the the thing that Picard insisted upon was go ahead and learn that lesson. But ultimately, I think the the real lesson here that that was ultimately being put forth that really wasn't discussed was how can you not how can you be given the this opportunity and not turn around and fix what's broken how can you i think riker made the wrong decision in this in this regard i think that he by giving up the powers and resisting the urge to use them really, really dodged the opportunity, the opportunity to explore a strange new world, to uh, tackle something that's difficult, which is being a God and having to do things like make hard decisions and, and, you know, do that stuff. And I think the, the test here was right. Um, if you are in that position and you find yourself with that scenario, are you, are you really going to turn that down? And I look down on Riker for having done so. I think that he should have taken the gift and used it for, you know, and, and used it as he was, you know, for the purpose he was given it, which is to learn that lesson and explore that strange new world
0: right on yeah um yeah it is interesting a- and i'm gonna say that uh, i don't want to i don't want anybody to jump ahead and um and answer what they would do with those powers yet because that might be a question for uh, <laughs> a bit later um but rachel you're back um I, I the question about this and you were on the watch party with us for a bit i don't know if you were there for this one but um you know, Riker states no one has ever offered to turn me into a god before, and then he's granted this power and challenged not to use it, and and that's the key. He's challenged not to use it. Like T was saying, it was a, a test from Picard. If you were given the powers of Q, um, but forced not to use them, would you be able to resist the temptation? And 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 I'll just preface this by saying, like in the next episode, we see this happening again, where someone's tested. Um, so. Let me know what you, you think, because it would, for me, it, just, it would be hard for me not to use them. But then I don't know, I might get, you know, um, paralysis by analysis by knowing, like, how, how much could I do? I guess if I was an omnipotent, I could do everything all the time. But uh, So I'll put it to you, Rachel. The question gets more and more confusing as I ask it to each person. So um, please share.
5: Well, I was going to ask the same thing that Chrissy had asked. Christy, I mean, had asked about why was the reason. So for me, it would depend on the reason. If the reason was, oh, it was for some good of humanity, then I would try my best to resist it. But also, but if it was, so for me, it would depend on the reason I was told why. And, but yeah, I like everyone else. I don't know that I would hold up against the temptation. I probably would use it. But um, then again, like uh, for me, it's like dependent on the reason.
0: Yeah. So T, uh, this has brought up something I, I didn't think about before. Um, so I'm going to take the liberty to ask, um, ask this because this was again in the first season, I think, or early on. And, um, would it, the challenge from Picard, it wasn't exclusively said that I remember, was this to do with the prime directive?
1: Potentially. Um, because the prime directive would prevent them from See, but that doesn't, I'm going to, I'm going to say no on that because ultimately Riker could still follow the prime directive. He can, he's free to make his own choices. It's regarding other alien races, not interfering with them. And so I think that, um, I think Picard made the wrong call here. Ultimately. He he said to write to Riker that, you know, he, he talked him out of it, basically. And Riker went along with his reasoning. But ultimately I think Picard's reasoning regarding this was bad.
0: Right, right. Sean, um, you haven't um said anything yet. I haven't called on you yet. Do you have a, a contribution to make on this question?
6: Um, thank you, Victoria. Um I I see an interesting um, comparison with the creation myth in Christianity, where um, we have a garden, we have humans there, and we have this tree of um, good and evil, or knowledge of good and evil, and then it's sitting there, and and God says, "But don't touch it." And um, the question is, you know, what what would you do if you were them? And we we know according to the to the to the Bible and according to these uh, scriptures that things didn't work out too well when they didn't do that. So I just found it an interesting analogy, <clears throat> and, you know, and there's probably other creation myths in the world also that might might be compared to that. So um, I don't know if Riker made the wrong decision or not, I think there's, you know, um, there's good and bad for both points, and um, I don't know. I find the character of Q um, sort of annoying. I think it was good acting, of course, and um, he, you know, I've been at plenty of Star Trek conventions with uh, John Delancey, and and he's very amusing, and he's he's not um, his his natural acting ability is not that far different from the nature of Q, which most you know many actors are very similar to well-known acting movies that they are in because it's just sort of easy to act like themselves. And he is a a bit like Q in some ways. And so he he was good for this part. Um, And um, I did enjoy seeing him, but it was always like, uh uh-oh, what shenanigans is the human race going to find themselves in now? So, um, yeah, that's about all I have to say on that
0: well thank you and you have talked about star trek conventions before and i have never in my life wanted more to go to a star trek convention than i do now because i really like that actor um
6: (laughs) Well, well we we lived in las vegas for 10 years and that was like the largest star trek convention in the united states so that was just a given. And I also belonged to a Star Trek club. And at one point I was the co-leader of it. Um, and that was just something we just did. It was just like normal. It was like, oh good, you know, we have like a whole week of fun coming up. So it was mm-hmm. some good good memories.
0: Yeah, well, um, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll all have to go to a Star Trek convention one day together. That might be fun. Uh, a little, uh, a little Star Trek Sundays um, uh, day trip. <laughs> Let us off. The yeah, house, yeah right?
6: right. Or we could broadcast yeah. live right from there. So.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be very funny. That would be really funny. Um, so Ryan, I do really want to get your opinion on these things, uh, but this leads into some other questions I have from the third episode. So we're moving quite quickly, but I want to get through the episodes on this because they all kind of meld in uh, to each other. So I'll ask T just to give us the summary on True Q, and then we can get to what we would do with powers. So T, do you want to give us a summary of True Q.
1: Definitely. True Q, The Next Generation, Season 6, Episode 6, first aired on the 26th of October in 1992. So it took them a full 10 seasons to really think about and revisit this because in this episode... Q once again graces the Enterprise with a visit, claiming that a young intern aboard is really a Q. I chose this episode because it was absolutely a spiritual sequel to Hide in Q, uh, where another Q is tested with powers and challenged not to use them. And where Riker fails, Amanda Amanda succeeds, and becomes a kill.
0: Thank you. This was a great bookend to the trio of episodes for this week. It was it was so good. Um and anybody who's listening um who hasn't uh seen these, you you know, listen to the 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 questions and the answers that you get here and then go watch these in this order. It it's just a terrific uh trio of episodes. I had a lot of thoughts during the episode and it prompted a lot more topics for future shows like uh, lighthearted stuff like space pets to serious stuff like it was one of the scenes was quite rapey. (laughs) It was a bit weird and we were all very uncomfortable during the watch party, Um, but we'll stick to the cue topic for today, of course. And this is the one, too, where I thought, is it just me, or do the episodes of Q have way more humor than usual? Like the scene in which Q puts his arm around Picard tightly, when Picard was going to introduce Q to Amanda, and Picard says, "Um, very well, I'll introduce you, but we cannot argue like this in front of her. We must at least appear to be, and then Q puts his arm tightly around Picard's shoulder and says, pals, and Picard says, civil. But I laughed, and I mean, we were watching this on the um on the watch party, but had I been watching it on my own, I would have re re round that a few times because it was it was hilarious. I I just I loved it. Um, so as much as, as Q is in love with humans, I'm in love with Q. Um, so Amanda was given the power of Q and used it to see her parents. And I thought this was quite interesting, and so. um I wanted to know if you had the power to bring back anyone from the dead from any time in history, who would you choose?
1: That's a tough question. Yes, Q definitely. Q episodes are definitely more funny and and love them for it. One of the reasons why Q is my favorite character. I would probably bring back Einstein. Because I really do think that he could help make critical contributions to our understanding of physics if he had more time and was given some of the tools that we have available now that he didn't have available. I think that there would be a new math that came out of that effort and it would fundamentally change, um, you know, how we do. Uh, how we do physics in exactly the same way that his new math, his you know theory of special and general relativity uh, changed physics at the time. I think he would do it all over again. And that's why I would bring him
0: back from the dead. Great answer. Great answer. It, it's funny, I'm going to answer this because uh, when I when I was thinking about this, I thought, oh, everybody's going to say famous people and I'm going to end up saying some relative or friend and I'm going to cry again on the podcast. So I'm not going to do that this time. (laughs) But for similar reasons, um, but also a little sentimental, um, I would have brought back Da Vinci. And the reason is, it's a bit different, I think he could contribute today for sure. But it reminded me of And I'm not a Doctor Who fan, not because I don't like it, but I just never got into it. But there was an episode of one of the more modern ones where I think the doctor took um, uh, Van Gogh to a museum to see how everybody loved his paintings. And I've watched this little clip of this on YouTube several times. And even right now, as I'm describing it, uh, I have goosebumps because he was able to see how impactful his paintings were and he cries and now i'm crying and i was gonna not cry anyway (laughs) and it was quite sweet and sentimental and sometimes i wish that for people and um so that's why i would have brought back da vinci yes he might be able to contribute but um i think it would be nice for people to see the impact they have hundreds of years later So I'm going to leave it there (laughs) and and I'm going to pass this on to Ryan and we'll go to Ryan and then welcome to the stage, the director. Um, So we'll go to Ryan and then the director, uh, just to give you a heads up. Uh, So Ryan, um, if you had the power of Q and you could bring someone back, who would it be?
4: Well, that's easy. Um, My younger brother died uh, nine years ago uh, on the 5th. And so that would be purely sentimental, but my fear with that. So like, I don't necessarily believe in destiny, but because I think destiny is post fact. Um, But I do think that things happen uh, as part of the uh, mechanisms of the universe and so yeah i would bring him back but my fear is that um he he always has to die as part of the mechanism of the universe and so um th- I, th- I would do that <laughs> but then the whole time i'd be terrified of losing him again so there's you know there's 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 a cost to everything right and uh yeah i have i have thoughts about Riker too but we'll talk about those later
0: um thank you uh ryan i'm um yeah thank you for that share i'm sorry about your loss um t did you have a response
1: no I, I i did want to say thank you for that share, and i'm sorry for your loss and it is interesting because that's kind of the nature of life is it is it does require work to be done and that is a mechanism in the universe where that work does have to run out at some point point. and we're fortunate enough to live on a planet which you know can reduce its entropy via the sun for now and live in a time when that's true and and we, I think we just have to make the, the most of what we have. And so, you know, I appreciate, you know, you sharing your brother and I wish we could bring him back at least for
0: as long as we could. Um, yeah, w- what struck me, Ryan, um, was the thought of having to lose somebody again. So um, I feel that and uh, appreciate your share. Um, the director, um, let's move on. Maybe this is gonna be a, a sensitive section and that's that's okay, that's really good. Um, but if you had the power of Q, um, who would you bring back?
7: Uh, I cannot follow Ryan's with a heartfelt um, revival uh i'm going to go a little bit more esoteric with it because well you can't bring back the dead yet so um if i was q i would want to see i would i would ask to see the jesus of christ and if jesus was in heaven he would be pulled uh, from heaven. And if Jesus was, uh, dead, then he would be revived and have no idea the significance of his existence after the crucifixion. So either way would answer a question. Um, yeah, I think that would be a fun thought experiment,
0: right? Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for that. And we we will be getting into some religious uh topics as well. Uh and maybe this cue thing will come back um in those those episodes that T has planned for us. Um it's interesting because Amanda didn't bring back her parents, but she was able to um see them. And she hadn't seen them before and it was as if they were sitting right in front of her. And um yeah, I'm super sentimental. <laughs> and so I um you know, I felt that, um, and and wondered at the time, you know, what would I want to do with that? And and um, I'm so sentimental; I probably just sit there and and run through everybody who I've missed. Uh, um, but Steve, you wanted to contribute on this uh, this question, so why don't you go next? And and welcome to the stage, Charlotte. Uh, good to see you again. And uh, and then I'll have a few more questions to put out to everybody um, to con- uh, contribute and contemplate. So, Steve, what? What did you want to say on this?
3: Well, so first of all, I certainly wouldn't resist the temptation to bring uh, only one person back. Um, in fact, I, uh, uh, for, for philosophy well explained in Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality, I would attempt to bring everyone back. Um, but um, the uh, the idea of just picking one... I think I want to consider that I, I I might want to just bring back Robin Williams. Because in this idea that I'm going to spend eternity, I'm going to be able to be immortal and live forever, part of what I'm going to need moving forward is entertainment. People coming up with more and more creative, um, great works and, and displays and, and uh, performances. and. I, I wouldn't bring Robin Williams back right now. I would bring him back at a time where we have cured um, the chronic depression that he experienced. But um, once once getting back and being able to make uh, such a great individual immortal, I'd love to see where that takes him. Um, as I imagine it would take a person like him in general um, to not only be a great performer throughout all eternity, but also to see where he'd spend other countless lifetimes being uh, contributing to other um talents that are in his repertoire because I don't think uh, being a a great improvisational um actor is all that was there in the man. I think he he had so many more talents that just never were tapped into because he was sadly inhibited by his by his disorder.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're really right there. And um and that leads into some other questions that I had for everybody, and I'm going to uh, put them out there now uh, for you guys to contemplate while we listen to Rachel. Rachel asked if she could answer this question, and uh, and I I want her to do that, but I also want to give her the opportunity to add these to her um her answer if she wants. And the questions that I had, um and, th- and then this will go to everybody and and welcome to the stage. Io um, is. So the, the first question is who would you bring back if you had the power to bring people back? And then if you had the power of Q, what would you do, what would, how would you use it and would you use it to help others? And, uh, and then the final question, and I knew that I know Steve's answer to this, but the final question would be, would you want to be immortal? Um, and I, I think that there are a few people who I've talked to who who do, and uh, Steve is one of those. So, uh, Rachel, let's go to you, and um, you can answer the question however you like, and 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 then move on to those that I've added to it if you want.
5: Okay. Um, for me, there are two people that I would bring back. I I fortunately haven't had a lot of loss immediately in my life, so I fortunately don't have like family members that I would bring back. I mean, maybe my grandma, but I. Anyway, uh, the people that I would choose actually would be Isaac Newton. One, because of a similar thing like tea, I feel like it would be exciting to see with modern technology and all our gains in science, like what Isaac Newton would do nowadays. Um, And then also I would just love to pick his brain because he's always been one of my favorite scientists. And uh, another person I would bring back would be Mark Twain. Um, He was one of my favorite authors, but what I love mostly is Um, like a lot of his thoughts and um, quotes about life and human nature. I think he was very insightful. So I would just love to bring back his perspective about today. And so, yeah, that's what I would do on those. And as far as if I had the powers of Q, um, there are two ways I would use it. I would use it one to like give homes to all the homeless in the country. Uh if I was if that's a power that Q can do, if you can do anything, then that's what I would do. And then on a personal note, I would use it to maybe go back and erase some bad memories of mine that triggered me to this day.
1: I would too. I think that's perfect.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say same. <laughs> same. Um, well thank you for that, Rachel. That that was that was great. Um You know, one of the things that I was going to mention earlier, uh, and it came up again in my mind uh, when you said giving homes to the homeless was, uh, you know, some of the issues that we have today, the savagery, the homelessness, uh, mental illness, all of those things could be helped, uh, um, at least reduced slightly with a basic income (laughs) for everybody. And we'll probably get to that when we talk about um, money. In, in a future episode, um, because I, I see that as being a, a huge problem everywhere. Um, Charlotte, thank you for coming. Uh, I want to put those questions to you. You don't have to answer them all together, but um, the questions we have on the table now are um, if you had the power to bring back anyone from the dead or see anybody um, in any time in history, um, who would you choose? And, and would you choose it? Maybe you wouldn't choose it. Um, if you had the power of Q, uh, what would you use it to do? Would you help others? And uh, would you
8: want to be immortal? So what do you think of those? Thank you, Victoria. And thank you, T for, for hosting this room. It is it is tops. And I always enjoy listening to what happens here and being a part of that. So um, no, I wouldn't want to be uh, immortal. Um, um, I, I think that that keeps me nice and accountable you know, this, <laughs> during this lifetime and keeps me getting things done. I'm not putting anything off. I'm trying to get it, get it all handled. Um, and given that I'm probably the oldest person in the room, there's a whole list of people I would love to bring back. Um, namely, my mother, who is absolutely extraordinary with her life. My parents met in World War II up in Bainbridge Island, Washington. My father was in the Navy and his first meeting with my grandparents was, oh, by the way, we are in the process of building false rooms and hiding spaces for Japanese people so they're not turned into the internment camps. My father was like, holy shit. <laughs> and that was his experience coming into my mother's family. And she, she, she died at a time when she was still in, in the, the um, she was still in the middle of her mission and working her mission. And there was a couple of things that she was doing. Um, But she died at at a relatively young age. Um, I'm 60, she died at at the age of 63. Um, I would bring back Bobby Kennedy, again because he had his mission interrupted. Um, Someone that I valued as a child. Um, There's a few friends that I lost at a very young age, one when I was six and my best friend when I was 13. I'd bring them back because their lives were just starting. I bring back my brother Tom. His mission was also interrupted, one of his missions was interrupted that I I was a part of when I was a teenager, drove me nuts, was harvesting venomous snakes from um, the Black Hills in South Dakota for the Lakota anti-venom program. So you know, there's, there's value is the theme that I find is that the common bonding thing. Um, and then finally, uh, with regards to value, someone who, who, gosh, gave me this amazing gift. Uh, An extraordinary person, Dr. Phil Leveque, L-E-V-E-Q-E. He died at the age of 92 a few years ago. And Phil Leveque was the person who trained me and my wife, Marianne, on making cannabis extract oil. So that was life altering. It was transformative uh, meeting him, a transformative experience and the experiences thereafter. I learned so much from him and there's so many questions I have for him today to carry on his mission, to carry on his legacy. But I'm just saying that with regards to things that I value, when I started out my life, there's all kinds of things I wanted to do. I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be an MD. Now, I'm not an M.D., and I'm not an astronaut. I'm just me, some retired Navy sailor. But I, I have benefited greatly by knowing some, some amazing people in my life. So I want to share that with the, from the depth of my being and my gratitude for these individuals for what they offered the world and what I was able to benefit from as a result of that. So uh, I'm going to land it right there i'm charlotte and i'm listening
0: uh thank you charlotte um yeah that was really informative i I very much appreciate it um yeah thanks for sharing that um so joanna thank you for coming back to the stage did you want to contribute and answer uh, some of these questions you attended the um the watch party with us yesterday on discord i think it was the first time that you were on discord so that was fun uh getting you involved in that um what did you want to contribute today
9: thank you um yes i really enjoyed it and i'm gonna be there next time i i find it fascinating that out of this small group of people uh kind of came up with some of the same answers da vinci was mine kennedy was mine which Charlotte just said. And another one was my brother, and that came up. So I, I like that. Um no coincidence things. We're all sort of in the same. Yeah. I personally would I kind of am hesitant to say that I'd like to bring back like a true American Indian who like lived like, you know, a Sioux Indian and really see firsthand how they lived. I'd like to get Hitler and Schindler in a room, and I'd like to throw some other people in that room with them. I'd like to bring Oscar Schindler back to say, even though he saw how how much good he did, to say, look at all the children and the people alive now, how a hundredfold they are, thanks to you. But in my heart, I'd love to see my little brother, because uh, I do uh, struggle with that. Um, and then generally speaking, if I may say, about Q, uh, I was in Je- I was a Jehovah Witness my whole life. So the concept of living forever was a reality to me, my family, and my kids. It was a given, unless for some reason we had sinned down the road and didn't make it, we were pretty much going to live forever, which is the Q, you know, Q's also immortal. So we used to think, well, we're going to get bored when we, you know, after Armageddon and uh, we're going to be living forever. And we used to write down things that we could do when that time came, because it sounded as much as we'd love to, like, not die. Uh, I know I remember my kids saying, well, how are we going to keep ourselves busy forever? So I kind of uh, understand the cues uh, mindset. When you have time eternal, you might get bored and you might become just like the Q, sort of uh, manipulating things (laughs) to make the time go by and also having the power uh, to do so. And lastly, uh, if I may say regarding the power question, uh, I most admire people who have power and yet have the restraint Restraint, not to use it in the wrong way. So, I hope that covered. And I'm sorry if I went on too long, but uh, those are uh, my thoughts. Thank you.
0: Oh, those are that was a great share. Thank you so much, Joanna, and thank you for coming to the watch party and and um, and being open about your your past as a, a Jehovah Witness and and um, and sharing that with us. So, I, I do appreciate you being here and. Um, wow we have a huge stage today it's awesome lasha thank you for coming back i really appreciate you uh coming here as well um so i I want you to answer the questions in a a little bit too um but i did uh want to get back to uh, a, a few others who've been here but but ryan um I wanted to, to, you know, I, I kind of put you on pause there a little while ago and, uh, and then wanted to wrap up these questions uh, together for you if you wanted. Uh, you, you had said that, that you, you, you know, we talked about bringing um, who you'd bring back, but if you had the power of Q, what would you use it to do? And, and um, you know, would it be helping others or, or, uh, or something else? And, uh, and would you want to be immortal?
4: So um, I really want to talk about Commander Riker uh, first and then answer that, that question. Sure, yeah, Um sure. Because what I, what I find fascinating about his character is that he thinks of himself as a maverick, as a rebel. But in reality, he's looking for... Oh, shit, I almost fell. He's looking for a daddy figure and he's been doing that throughout his entire career on Starfleet. And when a daddy figure disappoints him, he becomes rebellious against them. And Picard is, is the one daddy figure that's never disappointed him. So when he says something, Riker's like, yes, daddy, whatever you say. And so there's a kind of desire to conform in Riker. Um, even though he has these, um, these abilities to think outside the box. But like in reality, he wants to be in the box. And then as it pertains to having the power of Q, that's a terrible idea for someone like, for any human to have that. Because it would always start with noble intentions, right? But then... The more time you have the power of a God, I would imagine the, the pettier it would get. Like at some point you'd be like, oh, I, you know, after having it for a long time, maybe you get to the point where you're making chickens that lay, I don't know, cupcakes, you know, like the fear I would have with that kind of power is that at some point things would get very esoteric. And uh, that that would be harmful to life. Um, but when there's when you have the power of a god, there's no consequences. And that's that would be the thing that would frighten me, because I would definitely start with like cancer cured, right? Fuck that. Like, uh, but then what are the what are the effects of that downstream? Um, or or like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna erase all pedophiles off the world. Poof, right? What does that mean, right? Like, like uh, take the worst people in the world and do away with them. Okay, then with that ability, you know that that's kind of murder, right? And uh, and then how far down the rabbit hole does a person go? Like, do you start poofing people away for like jaywalking at some point? The, does Does your prejudices become something that uh, people would consider wrathful? I, I don't know. i think I think that's way too much power for for any one person. Um, and I, I would not want the the weight and the madness that would ensue,
0: yeah. Well, I think we've seen that with Q. He makes mistakes, doesn't he? Yeah. So maybe there is just no such thing as omnipotent or all-knowing. We've put out these questions. We've talked about uh, all the different episodes and Q in general. And so the questions that we have on the table that we were talking about was, uh, I'll just do a little recap here for Star Trek Sundays, every Sunday at 10 a.m. on Clubhouse. And uh, we are on podcast stations now. And I understand T is going to uh, mine some of the, the uh, raw audio for some specials and uh, some bonus clips. And uh, so we'll see what happens there. We're gonna call them our popcorn because that's when we head into a, a, a looser conversation. So check out all of those to um, to help us grow and get more people involved. So we covered Encounter at far point, And uh, that question, uh, the question that we had from that was, if you were the judge, uh, Would you find humanity guilty of savagery? And do you think we can eventually rise above the fighting? We covered hide and cue, through which I asked, if you were given the power of cue but forced not to use those powers, would you be able to resist the temptation? And then true cue, which is if you had the power to bring back anyone from the dead from any time in history, who would you choose if you had the power of cue? What would you use it to do? And would you want to be immortal? We'll just go to Rachel, and uh, and then we'll go to Sydney and Lasha.
5: Well, I was gonna say, uh, I think it was Charlotte talking about being a Jehovah's Witness. Um, I wasn't a Jehovah's Witness, but I did too believe that if I made it to heaven, I would live forever. And I used to do the same thing. Like I used to be terrified of that notion as a kid because it just sounded horrible to me. Like, and I also got the thing about getting bored, but. Nowadays, I'm in a mindset where, yeah, I don't think the only reason, the only way I would want to live forever is if my psychosis and my depression and PTSD and all that were like completely cured because as it stands right now, if I had those diseases still or illnesses for the rest of my life, I wouldn't want to live forever because it's painful to live with those things. But if they were cured, like sometime in the future, like completely, then I would probably maybe enjoy living forever.
0: Great, thank you. Those are really good points. Yeah, I would, I would, I, I'm right there with you for sure. We've got lots more to cover and I want to hear from everybody. Um, but I was hoping that, uh, T, since you're back, if you could give us a little rundown on what we have coming up in the next couple of weeks.
1: Well, coming up at the next Watch Party, um, we have Primitive Belief Systems coming up on the 16th of October with uh, Firstborn, in which uh, the TNG episode where Worf and uh, his son Alex uh, face sort of the trials of the Klingons and coming up through there, followed by Who Watches the Watchers, another TNG episode, this one's a really great one, in which the Enterprise um, has to undo the damage when a primitive civilization realizes that they are being watched by the by the uh, crew members of the enterprise followed by homeward uh, the TNG episode in which Worf's foster brother violates the prime directive by saving villagers from a doomed planet and has to navigate them partially through the holodeck. It's a really fun episode. Um, After that we have, let me just pull up the link tree uh, on the 23rd, the rules of acquisition, the Ferengi, uh the rules of acquisition the Marquee the McKee part 1 and acquisition the episodes some really good ones there followed on the 30th day before um october day before halloween we have what's so funny uh just talking about the some of the funny things that happen in star trek starting with one of my favorite uh, movies that's really funny star trek 4 the voyage home followed by the outrageous Akona, in which the uh, Data summons a holodecked Comedian, and of course the trouble with Tribbles. Finally, after that, we have on the 6th of November, Resistance is Futile Part 2, starting with the best of both worlds, Scorpion and I, Borg. Of course, we've got stuff all the way out through... um, uh, December here at the end of season one, and we are definitely working on season two. So I do hope that people get involved with the watch parties that are coming up, because we're going to be watching the uh, the episodes that are coming up for next week um, on Saturday, uh, right before the show on Sunday.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, this the curation of these has just been terrific, and as most of the the people here know and and if you're listening to this on the podcast um it might be new to you but i haven't seen all of the star trek movies i haven't seen all of the series and so some of these things are um or some of this tv is 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 tv i'm seeing for the first time and i'm absolutely loving this ride so i i really appreciate the curation Um, You know, I anticipate that we might have a debate shortly here for the first time between Steve and Ryan (laughs) with respect to Q. Wonder Lash, are you ready to give a share to us?
10: Yeah, I've seen most of all I've seen almost all the Next Generation episodes, not that I remember them all by sequence and everything. But Q's actually one of my favorite characters and just watching him progress. And I'm not sure. If anyone has seen Picard's second season, and the when, the way that this wraps up with him is amazing. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but I like the way that it ends up. Um, uh, yeah, it was a little hokey, <laughs> but I do like the way it ends up and explains a lot about how the um, relationship between him and Picard have been over, you know, the decades that they've known each other and the things that they've been through. Um, to answer your question, I would like to live forever. I was also born and raised Jehovah's Witness, third generation, X, you know, XJ dubs, hello. Um, and I was never content with the, even though I knew we were supposed to live at, you know, forever, I was never really content with that cause I thought I'd be born as fuck, honestly. Um, I It's actually one of the reasons why I left. So, um, but thinking about it now, the only way I'd like to live forever is if I could make sure that I was able to become wealthy enough to help others in need um, to make like my long-term life be beneficial, bank as much as I can and become really big in philanthropic work and making sure that everyone gets the opportunities that they're supposed to get. So, and keep it short and simple, but I really, really do like Q. I know he's an imp, <laughs> kind of an ass, but, um, I think like, uh, Riker, he was looking he's looking for a companion as well so
0: great you know um well i love the people on this stage i mean everybody is so generous and um again i've talked about the overlap between um the people who like science fiction and like star trek and um how uh generous they are and thoughtful and uh, it occurred to me as you were talking that I wouldn't need to have Q's power if one of you had Q's power, because everything I would desire would be done. And that would just be that nobody had the, the pain that they have, um, you know, in disease or um, in want for food, shelter and that sort of thing. So, uh, so that, that kind of leaves me off the hook, which is good. <laughs> so thank you for that thank you everybody this has been great there's 14 people here now there were 61 in total um i love this room i so appreciate the shares from everybody and um and this this is just it's really rewarding so thank you for coming uh, as t said uh, we 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 were going to put this on youtube and we do we have a youtube channel we Got people subscribing and and watching them, which is great. Uh, watching, listening, and uh, and then we also uh, put them on all the podcast platforms and uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter are uh, linking back to YouTube. So if you can, uh, sub- if you're on YouTube and you can subscribe to us, that would be great. We just want to reach more people and hopefully have more people come in and um, and contribute because your contributions are just fantastic so uh thank you again and thank you to the new people who showed up and uh have participated i hope you come back next week because we're here every sunday at 10 a.m pst uh in the star trek sunday's room on clubhouse so uh i'm gonna close the room in just a few minutes and again thank you and i hope that you come back next week
1: thank you everyone you guys are awesome the best we love you and do hope to see you in the hallways
5: and of course back here next week for more.